My name is Keith Beers. I'm half Italian, half hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Is <laughs> that all? What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 12 of Vine Pairs Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I'm the tasting director of Vine Pair. Thought that would work. I think it worked. Ah, uh, yes. To decant or not to decant. And actually, what is a decanter? And why am I talking in this weird accent? Let's talk about decanters. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Jay Vineyards and Winery. For over 30 years, Jay Vineyards and Winery has developed a reputation as one of the top sparkling and varietal wine producers in California. With styles from bright and bubbly to bold and complex, Jay Wines offer remarkable range and exceptional craftsmanship that you'll want to share. Jay has come to be known for its celebrated estate vineyards, contemporary winery, and world-class hospitality. Uncork joy with Jay and let life bubble over. So you're like, okay, great. I know what kind of stemware to get. I know what kind of glassware. This is really awesome. Thank you so much, Keith, for breaking that down for me. Um, but what about this big thing that I see all around called a decanter? Like, what does it do? Do I need it? What do I spend on it? What is this thing? What is going on? See, decanters are really cool. I love decanters. I think they're so fun. The, what, what, their functionality is awesome. They're, they look great. They're, they're awesome. You don't really need one at all, but having one is kind of a cool thing to have. But if you don't have storage, it's totally fine because there's, there's ways to decant wine without buying the big fancy stuff. Just, as, just like glassware, the big fancy stuff is awesome, but the simple stuff works just as well as the big fancy stuff. Same thing. Because it comes down to one thing. What is, decant- what is the decanter's function is to aerate wine, which we're going to get into in a second. What we know is the glass, the sexy decanter we see on the vine pair shop today really began as just a necessity from antiquity forward. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is people have always had to house their wine in some kind of vessel because there weren't bottles. And they weren't always glass, because as we talked about last episode, glass took a minute to kind of figure its stuff out. So there were earthenware jugs that would, that would be used. There, were, uh, there was Chinese porcelain that was used in like the 17th century. They all had stoppers on them, because this is what you put your wine in. And you didn't want bugs in it, and you didn't want it to really go bad, so you just you had, you tried everything you could with putting a stopper on it. And these weren't really for optimal anything so much as they were just for functionality. Because the verb decant, or to decant, it just means pouring liquid from one vessel to another vessel without disturbing any sediment from the initial vessel. So before bottles were commonplace, and before modern technology and winemaking, wine was housed in these vessels with a stopper on them, and whatever throw-off or sediment was in the wine would settle to the bottom and then they would decant the wine into glasses. And that's how the decanter kind of came to be. So it seems like it wasn't very really about aeration, which we're going to get into, more so than it was about just making sure that you had a clean wine to drink without any junk in it. And the first kind of glass-style 
decanter or carafe that we saw was from the English when they started using carved rock crystal to make their decanters. And you can see that still to this day, mostly with whiskey. You see those crystal decanters that whiskey is held in. Well, that was also for wine at one point. Today, though, because of modern technology, we don't really need the decanter to separate sediment from wine to drink it without the junk. Now, we, I mean, we do when we buy very old wine or wine that's being aged because of the throw-off that we talked about in the first couple episodes. And then, yeah, you, you're going to want to decant that. But the majority of us don't drink aged wine every night. So the idea of a decanter is no longer really about that kind of necessity so much as it has become this vessel that helps aerate a wine so that the wine changes over a gradual period of time and you can enjoy that gradual evolution of the wine when it's out of the bottle. When reading about the history of decanters, just kind of looking around at decanters throughout the ages, if you will, the one that really sticks in my mind is the one from the late 80s that was developed by Chateau Latour from Bordeaux. They were the ones, I mean, I don't know if they created it, but they developed and released a decanter that had no stopper on it. It was made of glass and deliberately had the capacity of one liter. And it was designed in such a way, because it was much more than a normal bottle of wine, which is 750 milliliters, that when you poured the wine into the decanter, the, the bottom of the decanter wasn't bulbous anymore. It was more squat and flattened out. So an entire bottle of wine in that decanter would only come up to the furthest width of the bottom of the decanter, exposing as much surface area as possible for the wine to open up. And I believe that design is what got us to where we are today. That sort of the, the standard flat bottom, long neck, wide open top decanter. I know you know that they come into all wild different shapes and sizes. So today, no matter what style, size, or design of a decanter you get, its primary function is to aerate the wine, which is crazy. It's almost the reverse of its initial functionality. No, we were saying that wine was kept in the decanter so that, you know, sediment would fall when you decanted wine from that into a glass, the sediment would stay in the decanter. Nowadays, the decanter is used to pour clean wine from the bottle that has sediment into it, in it, into the decanter. That's why we use it for older wines, because older wines have more throw-off. And what's really cool is it's thought that the standard wine bottle, like a Napa Cab bottle, or a Bordeaux bottle, they're called Bordeaux bottles, with those you know, tall bottle with shoulders, is that it's, when you're pouring that bottle into a decanter, the shoulders of that bottle are meant to catch any sediment that gets to the front of the bottle, so only wine can get through the neck into the decanter. Huh? Huh? Pretty cool, huh? Huh? So with that being said, technically, if you don't buy aged wine, if, you've, if you never will buy aged wine, or you don't often buy that kind of wine, you really don't need a decanter. But one of the things I find so mystifying and beautiful about wine is the wine's evolution under the attack of oxygen. What a wine opening up at room temperature over time 
has layers and layers and layers of awesome. It's just, this is why, guys, this is why wine is so crazy. During the winemaking process, winemakers try to reduce the amount of oxygen a wine is exposed to, knowing that the wine will be exposed to small amounts of oxygen throughout the winemaking process, which we talked about in the first couple episodes. You don't want to feed the acetobacter because it will turn the wine into vinegar. And here's a clincher. Every open wine is on its way to vinegar. Because once that oxygen is soaking into that wine, it's feeding the acetobacter, which will eventually create something called acetaldehyde, which is the primary ingredient in vinegar. And that wine will turn into vinegar. Of course, that'll take a few days. <laughs> so what's, what's really cool is when you decant a wine and you expose it to large amounts of oxygen, what you're doing is you're, this is going to sound really, really intense, but when we decant or just open a bottle of wine or put it into a glass and allow oxygen just to do what it wants, we are literally enjoying the death of a wine. What? I know, that's crazy. But the death of a wine in my, in my mind is when it's vinegar. The second you pop a bottle of wine, the second that cork comes out, oxygen rushes in and starts opening the wine up. It's like cutting open an apple and laying it on the table for a while and watching it brown. That's what's happening to wine. Oxygen is soaking into the wine and literally browning the wine. And every wine is different, red, white, rosé, orange. And every wine will open up differently from a red to a white to a different kinds of red, different kinds of white. But all wines can benefit from airing out. I mean, you don't even need a decanter. You can just let the wine bottle stay open without the cork, and it's going to oxidize at a nice gradual pace. You can pour the wine into the wine glass and swirl it around. It's going to oxidize and open up in the wine glass at a gradual pace. You can take the bottle, dump it into the decanter, like hardcore dump, upside down into the decanter, not gradual at all because there's no throw-off, and that oxygen is going to help the wine open up as well. And neither of these things will result in discernible differences than the other. So what I'm saying is, no matter how much oxygen you force into a wine, the, it's, it's going to open up when it's going to open up. And there are a lot of ways out there to increase the oxygen level in a wine, saying you want to open up the wine fast, this is how you open it up fast. Okay, I got to say this. The market is filled should I say littered, with all these gadgets that propose to open wines very quickly. Just so you know, none of those gadgets work. They don't. And if they do rush some sort of oxygen into a wine, it is, like I said, not discernible at all. I would say the price for those gadgets are enough that you can buy a really awesome bottle of wine with. Also, in the second season of Succession, if you haven't seen it, there's a scene where one of the characters pours a wine into a blender and blends a wine before serving it, proposing that hyper-decanting it opens the wine up more. Apparently, this is a thing. And I will say to you, doing that will murder <laughs> your wine. It will strip the wine of all nuance. It will, it will just, it'll, it's a, they're blades, and the blades will mess around in there, mess with the acidity, mess with the phenolics. There is organic material in wine. And when it's disturbed like that, oh, I don't even know. So the winemaker made the wine 
to intended to make wine a certain way. And if you put it into a blender and you quote unquote hyper decant or whatever it's called, it will destroy the wine. But what I say is, why do we want to open up wine fast? Wine is beautiful. It's this beautiful thing that evolves when oxygen attacks it. So why not sit with it and enjoy it? Sometimes when you have people say, you're going to, if you buy this bottle, you're going to want to sit for 45 minutes before you try it. Don't really understand that because you just bought a bottle of wine. It's yours. And if you are, you know, if you're on a wine journey, you want to understand wine a little bit more. Why not pour a glass of wine the minute you open it, see where it's like, wait 10 minutes, try it again, see how it's like, wait 15 minutes or so. You can actually enjoy and watch and experience how the wine evolves in oxygen, how the wine opens up for you, how the layers of aroma change as the alcohol evaporates and the oxygen soaks into the wine. And decanters are cool because it just increases the surface area of exposure to oxygen, creating an even more gradual evolution for your palate than in the bottle. So do you need a decanter? No. But if you're drinking wine on a Tuesday night or you're having a dinner party with some friends it's kind of cool just to dump a wine into a decanter and just let it open up. It doesn't matter where the wine's from. It doesn't matter what white it is or what red it is. You can even put orange wine or rosé into a decanter because really all it is is a gradual exposure to oxygen allowing the wine to open up. That's right. I said it. <laughs> you can decant any color of wine. Do it. Throw a bottle of white in a decanter, a bottle of red, a bottle of orange, a bottle of rosé, a bottle of sparkling wine. You can put cava, champagne. It doesn't matter. Putting wine in a decanter helps the wine open up. That's it. It doesn't matter. Don't let anybody tell you different. And it's kind of fun when you do it and it freaks people out. <laughs> but then when you pour it, people are like, oh, this is really nice. So just do what, do it all, do it all. And don't worry about price points. Buy whatever you think you want to buy. I mean, you can literally buy a hotel orange juice carafe and that will open the wine enough. But the, the, the wide bottom ones are cool just because you have a little bit more oxygen exposure to the wine. And consider what I said about enjoying a wine and not letting it breathe. I mean, the whole idea of breathing, letting a wine breathe, you're letting a wine breathe when you open it. You're letting a wine breathe when you put it in your wine glass. You're letting a wine breathe when you put it into the... Uh, decanter. So when someone says, let the wine breathe for 45 minutes, yeah, go ahead. Let the wine breathe for 45 minutes, but taste it throughout that 45 minutes so you can really enjoy what the winemaker was intending. Wow. I feel I got soapboxy on this particular episode, <laughs> but I really feel like there are things that the wine world has taught us that are sort of myths that we don't need to adhere to. There are no real rules on how to enjoy wine. There's just guidelines that you can choose to do or not. But you can't deny the science. <laughs> Decant all of it. Never miss a sip. You know, never miss a sip of your wine. Never miss what it wants to tell you. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, digging what I'm saying, go ahead and give me a rating on iTunes or even write a review if you like to type. Tell your friends about this podcast and just get people subscribed to get it on up there so everybody can learn about wine. Check me out on Instagram. It's at VinePairKeith. I do all my stuff and stories. And also, you got to follow VinePair on Instagram, which is at VinePair. And don't forget to listen to the VinePair podcast, which is hosted by Erica, Adam, and Zach. It's a great deep dive into drinks culture every week. Now for some credits. How about that? <laughs>
Wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mellon. I also want to thank Daniel Grinberg for making the most legit Wine 101 logo. And I got to thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I want to thank the Vine Pair staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Jay Vineyards and Winery. For over 30 years, Jay Vineyards and Winery has developed a reputation as one of the top sparkling and varietal wine producers in California. With styles from bright and bubbly to bold and complex, Jay Wines offer remarkable range and exceptional craftsmanship that you'll want to share. Jay has come to be known for its celebrated estate vineyards, contemporary winery, and world-class hospitality. Unlock joy with Jay and let life bubble over. songs on Spotify. So Again, I'm just letting this ride out. It's so good.